The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I mean, I will say that we started this conversation, Molly and I, by both saying we almost, well, I almost fell asleep during this episode, and Molly did fall asleep during this episode. You are a mother of two, so I feel like you get that. Like, you can fall asleep anytime, and it doesn't really, I don't know what it means. Uh, is that I, true now? Yes, that is true. But I uh, I fell asleep after this episode, um, during this episode, I'm not exactly sure. I do, yeah, I don't know if it was that I was bored. Of the, I, I know that it was that I was tired, um, but I may have also been slightly bored. But I also do feel like a lot happened. I think that we are we, this the beginning of the season. So of course, guys, we're talking about Riverdale season four, episode five, chapter sixty-two. Witness for the pro- prosecution. Of course, which means Veronica, even though she said, I think it was last episode, that she would drop dead before she would ever be a witness for her mother's prosecution. But, you know, things change (laughs) in Riverdale. I think really what it is, is that we saw this a lot last season where there would be like all of the build up in between episodes and then a big punch. But the first four episodes of the season were so good that we got a little selfish. Right, right. There always used to be those like uh those builder episodes where when we were doing it with Marcus, I remember being like, "Okay, not a, not a lot happened in this one. This was a this was a segue episode from one right. plot point to another." So now, I mean, we've got we do have a lot of secrets coming out in Riverdale. As someone that found out late in life that I also have a secret <laughs> sister, Really kind of enjoyed the secret sister plot line of Hermione Luna. Not Hermione Luna, excuse me. Veronica Luna. I have to keep calling her Veronica Luna because I, I, I always call her Veronica Lodge and it's difficult not to. Yeah, the secret sister plot line I think is probably the best place to start because as much as we were predicting a lot of grandfather, uh, FP grandfather stuff, we which were not Which we will predict- get into. Yeah, and which we were uh, very hot on the scent. We were not predicting Secret Sister. I wasn't expecting that. I will say, you've got to go to throw it out there. Secret Sister or just regular sister, I've never seen my father stand with me or anyone in my family the way... Hiram Lodge stands with Hermosa Lodge. If you watch the episode, Hermosa is just some sexy Latina woman that is sitting in the back of her mother's trial. And, of course, we don't know who it is. I kept screaming (laughs) secret aunt. I thought it was going to be a secret. um, I thought it was going to be either Hermione or Hiram's secret sister because she is a little bit older. But I am. I call bully. Is that a thing? That's a phrase, right? Yeah, we invented it. Yeah, so I'm calling bully on it. 
I think that she's there's no way that that's secret daughter. Really? Who do you do you think she's actually a secret sister of another generation? I would love it if it's secret sister because I'm really into Riverdale's whole secret siblings plot lines. Also, sidebar, quick note, no talk from Cheryl this episode and her secret sibling problem. Maybe that's why I fell asleep because I really come to Riverdale for Cheryl. God, I love Cheryl. And I just, I, I also come to see it. T.T. and Cheryl's kisses. And I got done one kiss this episode. Yeah. And, 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 and so the, the, the Hermosa sister reveal, did we, did we, did we get any meat from it? Or was it just like, secret sister next time on Riverdale? Like, because she was lurking the whole time. Yeah, she's the family cleaner upper that she's a private and guest uh, she's a private investigator from Miami. And uh she comes in to do all the dirty work of the family. But if we haven't seen her before, what although we I guess we did meet Hiram's mistress last year. Ugh. Remember when we met it was Kelly Ripa. It was Kelly Ripa. Yeah, but but we right, there's been many a fire to put out since we have known this cast of characters in Riverdale and we've never seen this sister bitch before no but I do want to throw it out there I don't know if you noticed but Hiram Lodge's um, prison uniform did say he was number one (laughs) (laughs) number one prisoner number one prisoner because he's the head daddy of the prison and he's the head daddy of the Lodge family and you can't keep him down Again, I wasn't really even paying attention to Hermione Lodge. So Hermione Lodge is in jail. Hiram Lodge is in jail. It's because I don't really care about this plot line. And I'm sorry, guys. I don't really care. Yeah, that's. I was going to say, the more I think about it, the, the this was the least, despite the, the reveal of a secret sister, this was definitely the least interesting plot line of the episode, even less interesting than Archie's. That's why we have to, that's why I'm just, we got to talk about it. We got to get it out of the way. So we're trying okay. to get Hermione Lodge out of jail. So Veronica Lodge goes to the governor to blackmail him. Again, I love I love Veronica's disdain for the justice system applying to her. I I truly do appreciate it. (laughs) That part was very funny. So she even though for some reason. So Molly Ringwald is playing Hermione Lodge's lawyer. But for some reason, her daughter is also sitting in on the counseling session to let her mother know you should plead guilty because I'll tell Governor Dooley that he has to pardon you. Yeah, Veronica just just does quid pro quos with the governor here and there and everywhere. She is truly, you know, I do think the youth should be empowered, um, but Veronica might be too empowered. She's the Kim Kardashian of Riverdale. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's difficult to hold that crown up. Heavy is the head that holds the crown. <laughs> and I, I, I also love that that Molly Ringwald is the lawyer. Like, um, I know she is a, a lawyer, but you know, it just, it's. I just appreciate that there's no other lawyer in Riverdale who could do it. It's also great because even in an interview I watched with all the parents of Riverdale, Molly Ringwald said about her character, she's like, yeah, and you know, and my character is going to be, Mary's going to be the lawyer to Hermione because, you know, in Riverdale there are no sections of law. If you are a lawyer, <laughs> you can practice any kind of law you want. And I thought that was a really great line for Molly Ringwald and all of the parents laughing about how just ridiculous this show is (laughs) it makes me so happy 
So now I guess I forget though. Is hired. So did Hermione Lodge get out of jail? Um, I she pled guilty in this episode? to trying to kill her husband, and then she thinks that she's just gonna get out of jail. Yeah, because right, Veronica was like, "I'll just tell the governor he has to," and everyone was like, "Okay." Like the lawyer, Molly Ringwald, is in for that conversation. She's like, "Yeah, okay, I guess, I you guess I'm a do that. That's a, a great idea. Overhearing you talking about bribing the governor, and I'm just gonna let you rock." But then, so then Hiram comes in. He's got secret sister on the case to say, "Oh, but we have everything you own tapped." Which, of course, Veronica, it's your fucking little speakeasy. You think this shit isn't tapped? And they're yeah. going to use it against Veronica, but I'm assuming that they're holding the mother hostage? Like, does that mean Hermione has to say, oh, that's right, Hiram is going to run for mayor. <laughs> because the town has no mayor right now, but he is in jail. Which, that's fun. I think a mayor in jail is fun, but didn't, this is, we've already, as we identified last week, Riverdale has a bit of a recycling plot lines problem. Hiram already ran for, for mayor. He's doing it again. And you know what? <laughs> it must mean that he's going to get it this time. And I'm very excited to watch him do it because I need more Hiram Lodge. He is so overtly, sexily secret. And I love him. It's just so... He is... Oh, mamma Give me a fucking... Ooh, cheap pot. Get me a slice. He is definitely the number two daddy of the show, for sure. Oh, FP. When, oh, my God. Well, we'll get there. When FP had that, like, <laughs> real moment with Juggy about the dad... Oh, oh, I did have... I had to pause it and go, oh, my God. Was that a real moment? <laughs> it put my heart aflame. <laughs> I I I think I'm sure I've said this on the show before, but I gotta say it again. I'm not yet certain whether or not Skeet Ulrich could act his way out of a paper bag. He he can't. But I think <laughs> that his charm and his beauty make up for it. Which isn't that the case in most of the actors in Riverdale? Yeah, that's true. None of them are. None of them are. Uh, you know, winning. Uh, Emmys, I guess. No, and let's uh, let's speaking of never going to win an Emmy, we need to talk about Archie. <laughs> so, ah, uh, ah. Uh, the good news is uh, he's still dressed like a fucking superhero. Although somebody did tweet at us that this is like a deep cut reference to the comics, uh, that the, those superhero characters existed in the in the world of the comics, and so that does make me appreciate it more. That gives me a smile. Yes, that is nice. Although I do think that there is this extra current world context, which, as you said, is that all every other show on the CW is a superhero show. And and I just don't want Archie to be a superhero. But don't worry. He, the only place he's taken care of is in the shadows of Sketch Alley. You couldn't come up with just such a job. Like, like at least a better, better name. So Archie has decided now that he is, of course, running a Set a community center for children, even though he is technically a children a child himself. And he was getting in the way with Artful. I keep calling him Artful Dodger, and I'm just going to continue calling him Artful Dodger because obviously Dodger yeah. is a nod towards the character Artful Dodger, who is another 
bad man drug dealer that's now on the scene that wants to take over all of the children of Riverdale and hates that Archie is now trying to help the children of Riverdale. So what does FP say? You should do like the other gang, uh, the gangs used to do. And you should make friends with the neighborhood so that they side with you and not with the drug dealer. But what does he do instead? He holds a press conference where instead of making friends with the neighborhood, he threatens them because he's like, well, my mom's a lawyer <laughs> and my best friend's dad is the sheriff. So what are you going to do about it? Get fucked, you asshole. Yeah, that press conference was so, like, that was just Archie being like, I am so fucking corrupt. Try to come at me, and I own the police. That's what he was essentially saying, which he also, nobody, I mean, FP will maybe go to, he'll, FP will bail, you know, Archie out, but nobody's going to bat for fucking Archie. His mom's not even going to go to no. bat for him. Guys, he doesn't have any power, so for him to stand up there and be like, listen, if anybody comes for me, I own the law and I own the police and I cannot be held accountable. This is like Archie and Veronica have run, gone drunk on power. They've run the wild. two of them. God, the two of them deserve each other so much. If she ever True. lays a fucking finger on Reggie ever again, Reggie's mine. <laughs> Reggie's mine. She can't have him. Because Reggie's, you know, he's getting his other fingers put on him, which they also didn't bring up the whole child abuse section. They... This is what was odd to me, Molly. This episode left out so many of the other things that are going on right now. And I I have to, we, we will talk about the overarching themes of what I think is going on here. Please. But there's got, so there's something, it has to mean something, right? Uh, it meaning <laughs> the universe of Riverdale or the Archie plotline? That they don't talk to each other. Like, the, the, like, all of them are following uh-huh. each of their separate plot lines. You didn't even see Archie and Veronica or Jughead and Betty in the same room at all this episode. Yeah, that's true. We didn't even have, like, a like a teacher. What is it? Like, those scenes when they're all in, like, the student lounge and they're all, like, they kind of debrief each other on the absolute madness that they've been uh, up to. The only person who people who are talking to each other are Betty and Kevin. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but I cannot wait. To, I, this may have been a boring episode, but I will watch Betty and the FBI cl- serial, which seems to be just a class. The FBI training class seems to just be a class where you look at pictures of serial killers. And I could watch that shit all day long. I'm very excited to get into the discussion of what Jeff and I are calling Betty's murder vision. Because, <laughs> man, because that's the, that, this is the best part about Riverdale. Is that technically this is a boring episode. And it's just because the show is so bananas that all of the th- Secret Sister, Mass Vigilante... Murder vision. Like, what am I talking about that this is boring? (laughs) Yeah. But we, it is for Riverdale. It is for Riverdale because I think you're right. I think we need them all, we need the four of them to come together and have their smooches and their parallel sexes and all the things that make it. Because, you know, the balance of Riverdale is, and, and, and admittedly, I don't think that it has struck this balance that it had in season one since. But the balance is, it's a, it's a teen, it's a show about teens 
that spooky shit is happening to. And right. I think that where season two and season three have sometimes gone off the rails is that the spooky shit supersedes the teen drama part. Oh, yeah. And what we want, what the people want is just as much teen drama as spooky shit. Exactly. And I feel like this episode, this season was starting off really strong because we had some good teen drama. We had the uh, the little, you know, sex in the next room from each other parties and we had the, you know, let's get back to our senior year kind of thing going on. Um, yeah, they all had their fuck in the same apartment party, which right. that's one of my favorite parties. Right. And so I feel like the right now we're 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 we've gone back on the season three path, which is ex- insane, excessive plot lines for every character, but not like hanging out they haven't even been to pops lately no and they haven't so actually a friend of ours ryan lion 10 wrote in because i've been asking what everyone's theories are and what are the things that they are noticing that we are not talking about and have not noticed which i think that they might be onto something so he got the vibe that somehow that specifically principal honeypot and whoever his benefactor is are trying to separate the main characters so he brought up we already lost josie moose left Last episode, Juggies at prep school, Betty's working for the F, like, junior FBI, Archie's over here doing his fucking, you know, boys and girls club thing, and then Veronica's helping her parents try to get out of jail, but also simultaneously stay in jail. So is there a reason of why, is it something that, like, are they building towards the fact that it's going to be their senior year, and that they're all going to have to part ways? Or... Which I like, and I do want to expound upon once we get to the Jughead episode, the Jughead part of this episode. KitKat98 also said to me, do you think that the flash forwards in Riverdale are a story Jughead is writing? That's what Gideon said. That's so this. All right. Okay, guys. So now we got to get into the meat of this because we have to talk about Jughead over at Stonewall Prep. And he is, you know, having his his regular teen problems with everyone in the school, but also who is brought in? None other than Franklin P. Paxton, who is the author behind the beloved Baxter Brothers mystery book series. Now, Mr. Chipping, who is the weird kind of sexy teacher that I think has, is living under some sort of veiled shadow for obviously nefarious reasons. Definitely. He comes across and he says that he was one of the ghostwriters of the Baxter Brothers. So obviously Baxter Brothers is supposed to be like the, what is it? Ba- the Boxtown Boys. What is it? <laughs> Boxcar Brothers? The Hardy Boys. Hardy Boys. Well, there's the Boxcar Children, but I think that these are the box, the Hardy Boys because the other kind of fun thing is that now the CW has a Nancy Drew show. Um, and I feel like the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew were like, you know, uh, you know, sister, brother, uh, they went uh, hand you in know, hand. stories of, of, yeah, of their era. So now, so this was, I think, a, a, a big Hardy Boys homage. We have so much. So this is really, I feel like we've been sniffing along the right paint. Molly, because <laughs> we're now we're talking about granddaddies. We're talking about writing. Definitely. I think that everyone's kind of on the same page of that. Obviously, these flash for I don't. Well, maybe not obviously. Actually, I will get into what Jeff thinks is happening, and I think, God damn it, you know what? I love him, and no mean to say this, but he's very smart, <laughs> and I really like where his theories are going with this. So. 
There's ghostwriters for these books. They come in and apparently are using high school students to find new <laughs> ghostwriters to write these books that have been out for generations. However, the original mm. man, a man named Francis J. DuPont, because Francis P. Paxton, which so many Fs, so many Ps, ah. are involved in this pseudonym. So the original man is Francis J. DuPont, and he comes and he visits the class when they're going to have a wine and cheese mixer for underage children. To <laughs> there was no adults there. I was like, oh, a wine and cheese mixer. It was just for children. That they have wine and cheese, which I guess, you know, if you're rich, I think that the rules don't apply. I saw the jinx. I understand how it goes. <laughs> so they get to get smashed and hang out with the Baxter Brothers author. And so they all have the eligibility that they're all going to write in their own version of a Baxter Brothers story. And whoever gets picked will be the new ghostwriter of the season. Now, I know someone that was a ghostwriter for, uh, what is it, like, it's like the Secret Triangle or like one of those like teen witch books. And you have to work very hard to be a ghostwriter, and you have to work for a very long time and get absolutely no recognition to be a ghostwriter. You don't really want to be. You're telling me it's not just an assignment in your high school English class with mysteriously only five other students? Surprisingly not. (laughs) (laughs) But... uh, Jughead is so psyched about this and when he gets a chance to talk to Mr. Author, Mr. Author is like, oh, I knew an FP. (gasps) Wow, you're FP's grandson? I think that FP, the original, FP the first, Forsyth, was the greatest writer I ever knew. And Jughead was like, I didn't know my grandpa was a writer. This is also after he saw the picture of his grandfather look, look just like him in the yearbook from Stonewall Prep. And this is the same grandfather that went mysteriously missing. So now Mm -hmm. this dude shows up. He says he doesn't remember anything about Granddaddy FP, except for the fact that he's a rabble rouser and that he's a great writer. So I think that we can go ahead and assume that this fuckhead bastard stole his grandfather's <laughs> writing and sold the books under his name. You think Mr. The, the guy who's who came in the the beloved uh, original writer, you think he's he stole that really FP was the author of all the books and this beloved guy stole my fucking foot. That's what he is. He ain't fucking beloved. <laughs> That's very good. I don't think I had actually put that all together, but I think that has to be it. Right? Yeah. Definitely. That's 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 smart. So they're very smart. Yeah, well, I don't. Well, this was this is <laughs> Jeff and I having lots of discussion after this because again, now watching Riverdale has become us watching it and then having we talk about it for about an hour and a half, which <laughs> some say might be too long to talk about. It. <laughs> you know, when I'm making dinner, he's just standing there. We're talking anyway, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. What else are you gonna talk about? The couple that uh, Riverdale is together. Stays together. Thank you. See, same's. Uh-oh. So everyone, get your partners to watch it or else they're going to leave you. They're going to leave you tonight. <laughs> it's not true. I know that it's not for everybody. So through all of this, 
Jughead had gone to FP, Daddy FP, and said that how excited he was that the author of the Baxter Brothers was going to be in there and that he loved those books as a kid. And FP goes off the rails, his sexy rails, and has that deep moment of like <laughs> that apparently that it was the grandfather that was giving him these Baxter Boys books and he wanted nothing to do with it, which is why he was ripping out the pages of his grandfather sending little notes in it for him. So what does our little sexy detective do? He does a bit of a, what is it, rub, rub, rub? Rub, rub, right. Rub up. <laughs> he does one of those graphite rubs to see what with a the little, note yeah, like a crayon, say. right? Yeah, with graphite. I just remember they used to do it on the wall for Vietnam. Remember that? Uh, right. Yes. So it reminds me of like in kindergarten one time we it's different, but we uh, we we were invited to like color a piece of paper with a bunch of different color crayons, and then we we painted black over it and then we could scrape off the black paint and make a cool design oh that's cute wait did you do it leaves it's kind of the opposite it is technically yes the uh, opposite but <laughs> we used to do that with leaves i feel like to tell which leaf was which leaf mm, yeah yeah and and this is actually what jughead did with the with the scraping is incredibly a thing that i have seen done on forensic files so you oh. actually oh and I think they could they basically do something kind of like it, but with chemicals to get the numbers off of like guns whose serial numbers have been scraped off. So I'm saying Riverdale uh, is, uh, you know, I the, the more forensics it gets, the happier I am. And now the thing is that what did Granddaddy FP say? But in this sweet birthday message, he says, never let anyone tell you that you don't belong and to trust few. Which, okay, okay, okay. It's a perfect Riverdale happy birthday message. It is just, but also it's like, we get it. He was trash, he comes into the school, no one likes him and treats him like trash. But of course we have to remember that Granddaddy disappeared. So something happened to Granddaddy. And apparently he was around for a while, at least enough to send books through his childhood. That's the thing, it's unclear. Do we know exactly when he disappeared? Because he didn't disappear as a high schooler. Because unless he had FP as a high schooler, he. but even then, because FP has enough memories of being like, no, my dad was like this absent dad who like I... So it sounds like FP disappeared FP the first disappeared sometime in like young adulthood but not high school I guess and then oh, that or was it other granddaddy writer that was pretending to be granddaddy oh. FP because he's a murderer because he had been murdered that's a good question that is a big question but then so what Jeff has said, and God damn it, do, does he get extra kisses because I like where his fucking head is at, <laughs> is that um, it's, so in the end of all of this, their assignment is to write the story of the Baxter brothers and the perfect murder. And what if Jughead writes, writes it? Right. He writes it. He sends it in and they look at him. And they say, we're not going to accept you as the writer because there's no way that this is the perfect murder. So he sets it up so that Does the Riverdale it. kids, because I'm sure, of course, the writing all has to do with the main four. 
and they he goes missing, quote unquote, which is what all of the flash forwards are to the point. But only uh-huh. Jughead and the four of them have read the story so that when in the end of this episode, when Skeet Ulrich comes in and says that all of them are under arrest for the murder of Jughead Jones, it's because they are trying to prove that what he wrote is the perfect murder. Uh, and that's why we see the four of them who are all in on it together at the end. Like, they're all, they would all be like, yeah, we'll help you, it's the And it's like what, like the flash forwards of what he wrote about. That's interesting. So I think our two options, our two most viable options are we're either seeing, like, a fictionalized, basically, version of the story he wrote, or we are seeing them... Uh, act out the story he wrote to prove that it is a good story because he had been marginalized for who he is after he submitted the right. story. And then I also wrote down... That's a, good, it's a very good guess. What if, what if Granddaddy FP starts leaving clues through the Baxter books that uh, that Jughead starts to rub down like uh-huh. Tom Riddle in Harry Potter, which I know you're never a Harry Potter person, but ever, all my peeps out there... What if it ends up going to be like a Tom Riddle type thing? And then he has to like, he teaches him how to write this book. It would be fun if there is a series, if Jughead finds more and more and more uh, messages from FP the first when he's doing rubs throughout his his books. I feel like that's like like an alley-oop. If they don't do that, somebody needs to get the Riverdale writers on the phone and be like, why are you setting us up this way? Someone get me in that writing room really someone should get jeff in the writing room but man i just speak so much louder than jeff does so i feel like i'll get heard first you know what i mean so i like that a lot i think that that i think that jughead's plot line is by far the most interesting because uh you know they set up jughead as a writer in the very beginning of the series and then he kind of forgot about that because he was too busy dodging various... I guess he was a journalist through seasons one and two. But, like, I really like them bringing it back to mystery writing because that gets back to the kind of, like, pulpy feeling of season one that was so good. They are back, man. Because now, if you notice, too, they've gotten back to Jughead is opening every episode with his little writing monologue, yeah. too, which that's when we like fell that. in love with him in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. I like how dramatic it is. I like how stylized it is. But what I what I don't like, but what I do like, but what I don't like, it's like a kombucha girl face, uh, is everything going on with Betty Cooper right now. See, so you hate it, but I think that I hate it so much that I love it. That's, I think, me too. I, I loved her murder vision. Murder like, vision? absolutely love it but it's just so i mean the great news is that dark betty is back so i spent before i fell asleep i spent the majority of this episode singing whoa dark betty she has has her own theme song and she's back and 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 i I never want to rip anyone apart for how they speak but does she or does she not say the word caramel very weirdly uh (laughs) i remember her saying caramel a lot but I don't remember how, did she say it like caramel or did she say it like caramel? No, she says it fine. Like she says it in like the way that, and that's a fine, but I feel like she says it as if she's sucking on a caramel while like, it's like, 
caramel, like caramel. caramel. And I, th- I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't, and I, I really like her as I like Lily Reinhardt as an actress. I think that she, she kills it. But there's just something about it that I was like, stop saying the cat's name like that. But I think I'm alone in this. I think she says like one out of ten words that way. Like sometimes she'll do that. She'll be like Jughead, you know. Like she's a little bit overpronounced. A little, yeah, a little bit mouthy. But she's just so goddamn beautiful. But also the mouthy bitch gets the grease, and the mouthy <laughs> bitch also gets into the junior FBI training class that she is now. I'm assuming started with Charles. Uh, it seems that way, and and can't emphasize enough how much the class isn't like uh, you know. Here are the basics of of the criminal justice system, or what a trial is, or what evidence is. It's just it's the class is just Charles, who again huge juries out on him, uh, and a bunch of kids. And he's just showing them pictures, lineups, three by three, of serial killers, saying, guess which, which one's, one's a serial the killer? killer? And wonderfully, they have not forgotten the plot point that I had completely forgotten oh from God. a season or two ago, which is that Betty has the serial killer genes. serial killer genes, which apparently it is a semi-real thing, but it thinks that it is widely um, abused in this television show. So <laughs> Betty has no. the serial killer genes that also her father has, but also... Chick has not chick. Fuck Charles. Charles was like, it's okay. I have them too, but Hal is not Charles's father. Hal is not Charles's father, and that is the thing. Molly Neffel has or has not. Alice Cooper killed two people. Um, Alice Cooper killed. She killed the drug the dealer. Drug dealer. She killed. Edgar Ever Never. She killed Edgar Ever Never. Like, in a cold-blooded way, in a calculated, rational, mothering <laughs> way of, well, now we have to deal with this. Now we have to get rid of it. We have to clean it up. Uh-huh. Interesting. But is is FP officially Charles's father? Did we learn that officially, or was it always just hinted at? I think, well, I mean, they definitely both refer, as boyfriend and girlfriend, refer to our half-brother together, so... I know, that's what, what Jug was like, so how is our brother doing? And Gideon was like, wait, what? And I was like, you know, FP is Charles's father. And he was like, what? And that made me wonder whether that had ever actually happened or whether that was just a conversation we had. I think it's, no, it is, that is the truth. Which also, we didn't even talk about it last week, but also, how happy are we that phallus is up and going again because i want to watch them make but i miss the serpents molly i miss the fucking serpents i miss them i miss alice cooper putting on her bad girl serpents outfit and having sex with a bad girl daddy gangbanger yeah i i don't love the joneses living in the cooper's house with betty also and also um, with alice moving back in after getting out of a cult and now she just lives in the house that she raised a family with with a serial killer and she's fine with living there. Not only that, she seems to be boning the daddy and her daughter mm. is boning the son. It's a little I bit mean, 
It's a little bit Brady Bunch, but murderous and incesty. It is. I know that technically none of them are related. But now the fact that they both have a shared brother in the mix. It's too much. Is it? No one thinks about it for a second. Like, just for a second should we think about it. You, you don't want to be having a conversation with the person you're boning and being like, oh, yeah, our brother. Our brother. It's oh. wrong. <laughs> so now Charles has the serial killer genes. <laughs> And so the serial killer genes make them do things like not having a whole lot of outward emotions, but also killing animals from a young age. So we see the flashback. Now, this was brought up a while ago that Betty possibly had drowned her cat, Caramel. Uh-huh. But in this, we find out, man, when they showed the first flashback of young Betty smashing the cat to death with a rock, that was a little rough. I was like, squeeze? Yeah. That is, I think, worse than drowning. Can I say that? Are we allowed to say that that's worse than drowning a cat? Yeah, I don't even want to, I don't even want my pretend Betty to be pretend smashing a pretend cat. No. I'm a cat lover and I didn't appreciate it. But then later on in the episode, t- flash to another flashback. It actual, in actuality, young Betty's Carmel got hit by a car and she was yowling and dying slowly and Daddy Hal came up and said, she's your cat, you have to take care of it, and made her kill the cat with hitting her in the cat head to death with a rock. Yeah, that was fucked up. Riverdale's had a lot of fucked up things in its time, but that was a particularly fucked up scene. That was, that was rough. That was a little, I was like, that is horrible. And she's got all of the, like, the diaries to know that this is actually what happened. But did we notice, or unless they just didn't want to pay the dude that paid Hal Sparks to come back in for a day, they didn't show his face. They didn't. So what if it wasn't the father? What if it wasn't Hal that told her to kill the cat? What if Charles was weirdly creepily in her life growing up, but she didn't really (laughs) realize it, and he's a murderer too, and Alice Cooper's a murderer, and they all got murder genes, and not only does she have murder vision, but she has 20-20 murder vision, she's got double murder vision. Uh, That is a theory. I assume that they they didn't show Hal's face because he would have had to be like young Hal. It could be that too. It could definitely be that. But I like your... I like, I mean, but where Charles has got to be what, like 10 years older than Betty? Is she though? Because they're like, aren't the parents all supposed to be like 38? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because we tried to do this math after the Breakfast Club episode. The math makes so, no sense. <laughs> but it does if they all had kids right after high school, um, you know, which certainly isn't out of the question. So if they were all like 40. They could very well have, even if they were like 38, they could very well have kids this age. And which, not by the way, now that I have kids, I'm like totally sold on uh, how great it would be to have had a kid when you were very young. Because then you get to be like done when you're in your like late 30s. And they're so hot. (laughs) And really, that's when everyone is the hottest. You're not hot in your 20s. And if you are, right. I, I'm proud of you. But I wasn't hot in my twenties. You get better looking. Yeah. I should have, I should have 
squirted one out when I was 14. Yeah, and then you just be done and in your prime and you're like your mid-30s. That's what I'm going to tell my future <laughs> children. I say, get on it early. Start squirting them out. <laughs> So so if they that's it. so if they are all 38 let's say uh and the kids are all like 18 um then Charles would still have to be like right only like 20 and an a, an advanced FBI guy enough that he is able to create a whole wing in a school that is teaching <laughs> young children how to also be serial killer identifists i think that like but if she has had this murder vision the whole time which i don't even know if i got into the the fact that betty could now look at any picture of a person that has murdered someone and say yes this person has murdered someone they did not explain how they did not explain why it's just her instincts so the thing is that i would actually even i i watched every single episode of the show profiler if she was in the same room with them i could see it but she's looking at pictures of people that how can you look at it just... I know some people you can look at just a picture. But if you don't know the situation, you don't know what has happened, you don't know the circumstances of what they were brought in on, I know that Riverdale is ridiculous and I shouldn't question these things, but sometimes I do, okay? It's the jeans, Jackie. It's her it's jeans. jeans. I forgot. They let her see it. She does have the jeans. <laughs> Including when it's a trick question and she's like, it's none of them. That's correct, Betty. I just, is Charles going to be a murderer or is Alice Cooper going to come out as a murderer? One of them. It's, I mean, I we have such a gigantic question mark around Charles that he's not even really a character anymore. He's just a question mark because we saw him listening in on their phone call, on Betty and Joke's oh, yeah. phone call, right? Tap the house. Now, Riverdale, I need everyone in Riverdale to know that everywhere you go, it's tapped. Everywhere. Trust no one. Just like Forsyth the First said, you trust no one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Forsyth the first was right. But also creepy Principal Honey wasn't in this episode either. Yeah, there was no Principal Honey and there was absolutely like zero Cheryl, right? Yeah, no nuns. Even though we were in the middle of trying to, with the doll and the seance and everything, like we're in the middle of all that. So is this where the stories begin of that Jughead is writing? Or is it like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're going to have to find out. yeah. The fact that they're not interacting with each other. The good thing about Riverdale is that there's always like 24 more episodes in a season. So it really could go anywhere. There's so much more. There's just so much more. <laughs> That's why I love having these silly, silly theories. Thank you guys for hitting me up of anyone that had their theories of what's going on. Please hit us up with more because we're just going to keep doing this. Now I think it's kind of fun because it has gotten back into more of a mystery style show that we can come up with dumb fuck mystery theories. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 coming up with the theories is definitely the best part. And my brain has never been particularly good at that, even though... I'm like someone who identifies as a writer. I'm not somebody who watches TV shows and is like, here is my theory. And so it, it, it kickstarts my brain uh, to hear the theories. And so they're very, very welcome, um, including yours and Jeff's, because, uh, you know, I feel like I am somebody who just like sits and just lets the lets my stories wash over me. And then afterwards, I'm like, I have zero predictions for what's about to happen next, especially because it's Riverdale and anything could happen. And anything can happen, especially when I had to 
I paused during the game of murder because I didn't understand what the fuck was happening. And then Jeff explained to me something called Werewolf. Have you heard about this game? Oh, that scene made me so mad because, no, that game is called Assassin or Mafia, and it's not played like that at all. You have to shake hands. You don't wink. Winking doesn't make any sense because other people can see you wink. The way that it works is you walk around and you shake the person who's the killer. It's an elementary school game, not a high school game, by the way. But you, we play with elementary schoolers all the time. You walk around. One person's the murderer, uh, and uh, nobody knows who it is. And they walk around and shake hands. And then you have to wait like, f- like five steps later. And then, when, if you shake hand and you scratch their palm with your middle finger, then you've killed them. And then they have to take like five more steps. And then they have to die a big dramatic death. Oh, that's and then creepy. Your goal is to figure out who is the killer. But they did a completely bastardized version, like a half-assed. It made me so mad because that's like a total classic like camp game, you know, or like after school game. See, I know nothing of this game because Jeff told me about the game that they used to play that was more of a words game where it was at, at like during the day the werewolf would walk among them. And so you had to like ask each other questions about themselves to try and find out which one is the is the werewolf and then nighttime would go down and everyone would put their head down and the werewolf would get up and tap two people and they would die and then the next morning they'd have to have a discussion to find out who's the werewolf before night falls again so this is another i've played that version too what is that one called that's called you get and then you get like a medic there's like a medic there's a there's a cop and there's like yeah and then if you whoever you get to ask people oh who do you think was killed i totally know that one too but the one they were playing is a different one but also i want to play these games these sound like fun i've never played any of these they're super fun this is why i love working with elementary schoolers but i was like outraged that they were getting the details of this game wrong i'm sure people different people play it differently and it's regional probably and maybe you play this game and you wink but the best version is you shake hands and then you use your middle finger to scratch because that way there's really no and then the way that they played it this didn't make any sense he just winked at the guy at uh mean brett and brett was like no i'm not dying and brett was like or jockey was like you gotta die and i was like this is not how the game works you would both be disqualified. It didn't make any sense. And I understand they couldn't get into the whole thing of explaining it. But, like, at least you, like, it didn't make any That's why I had to pause and ask. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, now I got to remember the name of that one that Jeff is describing. Because that game is also super fun. Please do, because now I think I'm going to try and force everyone at Thanksgiving to play it with me. Because I didn't have a good childhood, apparently. <laughs> it's very fun. You turn on the lights and you say, you got, it's, whoever is, like, the host can turn it into, like, a real fun murder mystery. You're like... The, the sun has risen, but there's been another murder. Yeah, and it's like all dramatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fun game. See, I guess Jeff and his friends used to, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but they used to play it when they would get drunk in their early 20s because he's like, because it's the most fun of you get caught in your own lies and then you have to try and explain back out of it. But as you're drinking more, it gets more and more difficult to stand by what you had said in the past because you forget what you had said. It was like, oh, that's kind of fun, too. But, you know, drinks I, make for <laughs> smiles sometimes. Not all the time, just sometimes. I think that there are many... Many a childhood game that could be repurposed as a drinking game and probably still be pretty fucking fun. Duck, duck, goose. I'd probably get hurt. <laughs> cheese stands alone. I'd be like, I'm not the cheese. I'm not the cheese. 
Red Rover, Red Rover, just a recipe for a terrible injury. Just slamming into each other. <laughs> and the last thing I do want to say about this episode is that if they call anything Tucci instead of Gucci again, I will kill myself. <laughs> I hate that they're call- Just call it Gucci. Call it Gucci. Okay, y'all got the Tucci. money. You can say the word Tucci, but it's very funny that they come up with all this fucking dumb bullshit. <laughs> and, oh, I also didn't bring up the fact that for some ungodly reason that Archie, as a vigilante, also is deepening his voice for no reason. Yeah, it doesn't sound normal. It doesn't sound not like him, but it also doesn't sound... I don't. I was... At first, I was like... What 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 are we meant to think is happening with this? Is he sick? I don't know. I don't. Is he scared? No, he's just deepening his voice. I don't know. He's just he's going to get shot. He's going up against all of these people that have guns. Yeah, no, but he's just running up to people in dark alleys and being like, I said get out. And they're like, okay. This is the start. What does he say? It's like, this is the start of a war or something. Like, no, it's not. You <laughs> fucking idiot. Oh, I'm going to shake him to death. We're not going to shake him to death. We're just going to keep watching the show. And hopefully these things come true. And again, please hit us up if you have any other, if you're listening to this, like Molly and Jackie, why are you so dumb? You don't see this could happen. Yeah, right. Because I love it. I really do. It makes my heart sing. I love y'all so much. And thank you for writing in. My name is Jackie Zabrowski. And we're going to be back because there's, I'm going to guess a thousand more episodes of this season. Yeah. My name is Molly and Ethel and I need your theory because I'm too tired to come up with my own. That's what we are here for. We love you guys and we'll talk to you next week. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. are true overwhelming power sauce of destiny yes the most legendary sauce has arrived as mcdonald's transforms into the anime world of wickdonald's the greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili wickdonald's sauce to make your 10-piece wick nuggets fries and sprites ultra powerful unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at wickdonald's ba-da-ba-ba-ba go i participate in mcdonald's for a limited time while supplies last